As I have loved you, by this the whole world will know that you're my disciples, by the love that you have one for another. So he's like, does that just make your brain explode? That we can get to a place where the love that we show one another is so beautiful and pure, and it's like the same love that Jesus had for us, we can actually have that for one another. And that will make the world know that we're his disciples. Does that make your brain want to explode? Isn't that awesome? That's, that's available. And then in John 17 verse 11, in Jesus' high priestly prayer, he prays that we would be one as he and the Father are one. Doesn't that make your brain explode? It makes my brain go, that we would be one as he is one with the Father. That's like his idea of the family of God on the earth. And I feel like we haven't really tasted that in, in our church culture in general. I'm talking generally, overall. In all of our years, we haven't really tasted church that looks like that. But that's what we're invited into. That's what the Father wants us to experience as a church community. So that's exciting, isn't it? So over the next few weeks, we want to explore this family of God, this idea of the family of God, or also known as the church, and what it looks like and what it means for us. Because for us to be strong in the Lord, we've been talking about being strong for a while now. If we're going to be strong in the Lord, I believe the church plays a vital role a vital role in that. There's something the church does in in order to build us up and encourage us and edify us and help us to grow up into Christ, yeah? So we want to dig into the family. We want to dig into church and and just suck everything out of it that that, that it exists for us to, to grow, yeah? We're not called to be lone rangers, so let's get into it. It's going to take a few weeks and Tom's going to share as well. Um, and this week I'm just going to establish a bit of a foundation if that's okay because we're going to go somewhere. So you might know this stuff but we just want to like make sure everyone's on the same page. Is that okay? Okay, so I want to talk about our purpose. We each have a purpose. Why are we alive? And we've probably heard from Pastor Catherine... The chief aim of man is to know God and enjoy him forever. Okay, we know that. And we talk a lot in this community um, that, that, in fact, our, like, tagline is we exist to know God and advance his kingdom. And we'll be forever saying, um, John 17 verse 3, this is eternal life, that you might know God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. Okay, so... We're alive, obviously, to know God. But then what? Okay? That if you know God, that has a therefore. Okay? It's got to look like something. So in Scripture, I can actually see that there's three purposes for us to be alive. All right? Number one, we have a priesthood purpose. We all have a priesthood purpose. And let's um, have a look at a Scripture... And this one's probably really familiar. It's 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 20. And it says, Therefore, 
If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. All right, so we get saved, yeah? Boom. You meet God, you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you make him, you make him your king, and then boom, he makes you a brand new creation. The old has passed away, your old sinful nature, your old way of thinking and behaving and being, and he makes you brand new. He gives you a new heart, a heart to know him. Now notice it doesn't say, praise God, you're going to heaven now, so sit back on your comfy little couch and enjoy the ride. You're saved, you've got the, you've got the thumbs up. Doesn't say that, does it? Notice also it doesn't say, awesome, you now have forgiveness for your sins and you have access to God, both of which are true, so now hide away in a prayer closet and commune with God only. Just make sure like that's all you do. Is that what it says? No. Also notice it doesn't say, great, you're saved. Now in order for you to be effective, go to Bible school for three years and make sure you have like a master's in theology. I'm not ditching people who, who are called to do that, by the way. But it doesn't say that. Gosh. It's actually really clear in telling us that if you're a new creation, automatically you're entrusted with the message of reconciliation. You immediately become an ambassador for Christ. Amen? And this applies to anyone who's born again. If Jesus is your Lord, you're an ambassador for Christ and you have the job of reconciling people to Jesus. Yes? Your priesthood's purpose is that you're called to preach the kingdom of heaven and to display that kingdom. You lead people to the Father through displaying the life of his son, Jesus. In Peter, he calls it the priesthood of all believers. Man, that should get you fired up. Let's read some scriptures. Matthew 10, 8. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. It's very clear, isn't it? John 14, 12. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than, he, than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Wow. Jesus is like, he's not saying that you have to be a special anointed called Apostle Paul to do greater works than Jesus did. He's like, if you believe, whoever believes in me will do greater works because I'm going to send them the Holy Spirit. And the whole purpose for the Holy Spirit living in us is so we can be witnesses 
be a witness for Jesus. That's why he lives inside of us. One more, Matthew 28. We know this one. Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. I don't care who you are, what your job is, how long you've been saved, how old you are. If you're born again, you have the priesthood purpose of making disciples and reconciling people to God. Man, we have the awesome responsibility of connecting people to Jesus. That's, why you're, that's one of the reasons why you're alive, to connect people to Jesus, yeah? Okay, number two, you have another purpose. You have a personal purpose. Everyone has a personal purpose. Psalm 139, 15. It says, My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Far out. The Lord made you and he's written all the days about you in his book before your life even existed. He has a plan for you that is for good and not for evil, a plan to bring you a future and a hope. And the plan that he has for my life is not the same as Grace's life. And the plan he has for Grace's life is not the same as Jono's life. He has a different plan for each one of us. Ephesians 2.10 For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Man, if you will incline your ear to the Father, I promise you, he will begin to reveal the plans he has for your life. He will. He will. Five years ago, I had no idea why I was alive. No idea. No idea. I was saved. I didn't know much else. I didn't even know I had a priesthood purpose. I didn't even know I could tell people about Jesus. Five years ago. And I asked the Lord, oh, wow, I mean, wow, what has God done in five years? Far out. (sighs) Far out. God's real. (laughs) But I didn't know. And I, 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 I purposed to seek the Lord. And I asked him some questions. I was like, God, why am I alive? I feel, like, I feel like I've got kids and I love being a mom and I love doing that, but I feel like I don't know why else I'm alive. I feel like there's something I haven't, I don't know yet. And man, the day I asked that question, that night, the Lord read my mail in a prophetic word and he spoke into this time now that I'm standing in. Isn't that crazy? And all, all it took was me asking the question. Imagine if we would just say, God, what's my personal purpose? What have you created me for? 
Because he's got answers for you. And I've heard Bill Johnson, he comments that people come to him freaking out. They like really get like in a tizzy, like, oh my gosh, what should I do? I don't want to go down the wrong track. And he'll just be like, well, what do you feel to do? And they might be like, well, I don't know, should I be a doctor or a nurse? And he'll just be like, pick one and then, my goodness, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. There will be crossover. Your priesthood purpose will cross over into your personal purpose. You don't like put these things in a box. There will be crossover. Just because you're called to be a mum and raise your kids, that doesn't disqualify you from your priesthood purpose of making disciples and reconciling people to God. And just because you're called to be a teacher or a nurse or a groundsman or a politician or an architect or a musician or a student or an artist or a business owner, whatever, it doesn't disqualify you from manifesting Jesus and pointing people to the Father and their need for a saviour. You're an ambassador for, for Christ who's also personally called, like for Tom, to be a teacher and to bring the kingdom of God to that sphere of influence. Because the Lord's given him like this whole network of people that I don't have access to, but the Lord's given it to Tom through school. And so he has access to these students and teachers and parents of kids and this whole like world I don't have access to that. And you have access to like a whole nother realm that isn't it? Do you see how the gospel could actually just explode? So I feel like we should ask the Lord, like, what have you created me for? What are the good works you've, you've created me to do? But then also, you know, if Tom's like, yes, I know the Lord's called me to be a a teacher, well, what does it look like for me to be Jesus in that space? And who's on your heart, Lord, in this space? And who can I bless? And who can I pray for? And who can I love? And what do you want to do in and through me personally, Lord, in this sphere of influence that you've given me? Because I promise he has a plan and he can do more than you can hope, ask for, dream or imagine if you just ask him and just be obedient to what he's telling you. All right, so we have a priesthood purpose and a personal purpose. And I want to propose that there's a third purpose for your life, for us all. And that's where we want to land today and then build upon in the following weeks. And that is that you have a purpose in the body of Christ. You have a purpose in the body of Christ. Um, let's jump into 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 37. It's a bit of a chunk, but I think it's worth reading. And I thought we'd just go to the Passion Translation for something a little bit different, but it's pretty, it's pretty the same, really. It says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, 
Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be its sense of hearing? And if the whole body were an ear, where would be its sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and on those parts of the body that we think less honourable, we bestow the greatest honour, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honour to the part that lacked it, that there, be, that there may be no division in the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honoured, all rejoice together. I feel like we experienced that a bit at camp. Like when one person was called out for a prophetic word and you felt the whole community like rejoice and lean in. I feel like, oh, I was like, yes, this, feel, like, this feels like the body and like we're all on the same team and we're all going in the same direction. Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. We should read that together. One, two, three. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. Far out. Man, our third purpose is that we are all members of the body of Christ. Christ is the head and we are the body. I am not the body by myself. I can't be. And, and you can't be the body of Christ by yourself. We actually need each other. And God has graced each one of us with different, different gifts and functions um, so that together the body of Christ can function in unity and do what it's meant to do on the earth. What an absolute privilege. Jesus has given us the gift of working together as a family to be his body and represent him here on the earth. What a privilege. Man, that makes me want to... I like... Uh, He could just do it himself, you know. 
But he's like, no, I want to teach you guys to be a family. And I want to teach you to work together. Oh, I just, I feel his heart for this. It'd be easier if he'd just do it himself. It so would be. But there's something special that we get to step into. Oh, gosh. Brain explosion. Another one. Romans 12. Romans 12, it's another one. It says, for as in one body, we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. Oh my gosh, I can't stop crying. (laughs) So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another having gifts that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them. Let us what them? Put them on the cell, put them on the shelf, wait for someone else to do it. What does it say? Let us use them. If prophecy in, accord, in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Man, again, different functions, same body. And I'm so very passionate about seeing the body of Christ unified, healthy, with every member belonging and contributing to building each other up. Because if this here isn't healthy, if we're not a healthy body, man, what are we inviting the lost into? Man, it'll just be like they come into another social club and they see like all of the yuck that goes on at the sports club that they belong to on a Saturday. Man, we, we can do better than that. We're called to do better than that. My encouragement for you today is simply remember that you are called to be part of the body of Christ. And one of the reasons you're alive is to be a vital part of the church. And I would encourage you that if you notice gaps and if things grate you the wrong way when you're at church, quite possibly you have an anointing to fix that problem. (laughs) And trust me, there are so many gaps. Man, we have a massive vision. We read it last week. It's massive. We're not even like this far into like what the Lord has for this church community. There are so many gaps. 
We need so many people to pull that vision off. And we need the Spirit of God on us all. But I want to encourage you, if you notice gaps, man, maybe you have a solution. Maybe you have something. Come to me and say, hey, Naomi, I've noticed this. Hey, Tom and Grace, I've noticed this, but hey, I've thought about it. And we could do this, and I can do X, Y, and Z to help. (sighs) Let's not be critical. If you keep reading Romans 12, it talks about outdoing one another in loving each other. So let's do that. We're called to serve one another in love. And we're called to use our gifts to encourage and build one another up. And there's so much more to say about this, but get excited. The church is is the answer of Jesus to change the world. The church is, I mean, Jesus is the answer, but the church is his body. And we're going to talk about that, man, get excited, because, because the church If the church could just be what Jesus saw when he hung on that cross, man, this world would be a very different place. And I believe the Lord's calling us higher. And so I want to give you a gift today, actually. I have a puzzle. It was really hard to find a puzzle that had a pretty picture on it. But I'm going to give you all a puzzle piece. Because you have a piece of the puzzle. I'm trying to open it. It it looks like a garden. It's got butterflies and flowers and pretty things. Um, But I want to give you a piece of the puzzle. So you can stick it on your mirror or in your car or in your journal. And so every time you look at it, you can be reminded, like I am an important part of the body of Christ. And if I withhold my piece of the puzzle, man, the puzzle is not complete. Like it's not a complete picture. So when I withhold my, what I have, my gift or, or my part, man, the picture's not complete. And, and we miss out and the world misses out. And for some of you, you might need to take more than one piece. Because I feel like for some of us, we're called to have a few pieces of the puzzle. And that's okay. <laughs> we bring our piece to release his piece, says, Gray, um, says Jay. But yeah, you have a destiny. Oh, they're all falling on the floor. You have a destiny as part of the body of Christ. I need you. This church needs you. This family needs you. Our city needs you to lock in and and bring your peace. Because it's going to change our city. So I, wanna, I want you to ask the Lord this week, what does it look like? What's my role? What's my part to play? What does it look like? 
And you know, like Tommy, today he was serving. He got here early and he was doing the sound. Man, that's like a super practical way to help the family, yeah? But I also feel like just because he's done that, he doesn't have to be like, right, that's my piece of the puzzle. I can sit back now. I feel like Tommy like also might also have something stirring in his heart in terms of like, I know he burns for the broken youth of, of the city. And so he might have another piece of the puzzle that's like, man, youth is on my heart and I need to like connect with other people who have youth on their heart and I'm going to draw in broken, lost people, lost youth of the city and connect them into a healthy family. So Tommy might have another piece. He might have another one. Who knows what's on Tommy's heart and what the Lord's been revealing to Tommy. But I feel like for some of you, there might just be more than one. For some of you, there might just be one and that's okay. But all of you have one. Amen? So I feel like, can we pass this around? Pass it around. Take one. Can't really make this any quicker, can we? We're just going to wait. We're going to wait till everyone's got one. And you can take more than one. If you, if you feel burning to take more than one, take more than one. And we're, we're going to pray. But I want to encourage you, three purposes, yeah? Obviously, we, kn- we want to know God. You have a priesthood purpose, you have a personal purpose, and you have a purpose here in the body of Christ. Thanks, Keely. Should we pray? Hmm. Hmm. Father, I thank you so much.